Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Resilient Leadership Podcast. I am Bridget Tyre, and I'm joined by my wonderful colleague and co-host, Irvin Nugent. And Irvin, I'd love to hear from you. How has your morning been going so far? I'm doing really great. Here in the D.C. area, we've got a little bit of respite from the muggy summer, and it was really quite beautiful this morning. So I actually sat out and I had a nice cup of tea and mm. and thought about the week ahead. So I'm in a good space. How about yourself? Similarly, man, this weekend in the D.C. area was spectacular, a weather point of view. And I feel like I'm still enjoying just the incredible sunshine that we had, the blue skies, you know, it's, it, I kind of have a, a good weather hangover if there is such a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. You know, that brings to mind, I was at a little gathering last night and a few people were commenting on the podcast. One of them was asking, you know, how can we reach out with some feedback or questions? And I said, such a great idea. So wanted to let our listeners know that we do have an email address, which is the title of our podcast, Resilient Leadership Podcast at gmail.com. So we would love to hear from you. If you have questions, suggestions, comments, because we are open to each and everything, and maybe we'll craft an episode on a particular idea that you might have. So that is Resilient Leadership Podcast at gmail.com. Now, at the end of last episode, we were going, we said we were going to talk about the gift of anger, and indeed we are, but the next episode, because this episode, I'm really excited about it, we are going to talk about the missing conversations of the new normal. So, Bridget, what's the inspiration behind this episode? Well, so the inspiration really came from two places. One is my daughter sent me an article that she had come across. And, of course, the headline immediately caught my attention, and it was, Why the Return to the Office Isn't Working. And I read that article, and it said some really interesting things. And one of which is that, you know, as more and more companies return to a hybrid work arrangement, they're finding uh, that employee stress levels are rising and their satisfaction is decreasing. And apparently this is true, not just for those who wanted to stay all virtual, but it's also true for some of the employees who were looking forward to getting back to the office. And it's like, why is that? And the article went on to say there's numerous reasons. One of which is that there are different understandings about what this this arrangement is really about and how it's supposed to work, right? Yeah. And then this was an interesting thing that they cited. Uh, let's see, a Microsoft Work Trend Index. They reported that eighty percent of employees said, "Hey, we were more productive when we worked virtually or hybrid," while less than fifty percent of executives felt that. Mm. So I thought that was kind of interesting, right? And then um, you and I were talking and I shared with you that I had a call, a coaching call with a client and I noticed his back, we were on Zoom and I noticed his backdrop looked different. And I said, hey, where are you? And he said, I'm at the office. It's the first time I've been back in a long time. And I said, oh, that's so great. Like, are you having a good day? And he goes, no, not really. And I said, why not? And he goes, because I'm the only one here. (laughs) And he was incredibly frustrated because he really felt like he'd made all the arrangements to make this long commute into the office and all he got from it was a long commute. Yeah. You know, and I'm wondering, like, 
Irvin, in your experience, are you hearing some of this from oh, your clients? Absolutely. In fact, I almost have the identical, the <laughs> identical conversation I had with a client a few weeks ago that basically, and they talked about, you know, it's such an effort now because we have childcare, we have to get the, the kids all situated, we get that, we have to look presentable, we get in a car. And, you know, for those of you who don't know DC, I mean, DC traffic is back to its ugly self. So, mm-hmm. you know, get into the office. And for the same thing, I think there was one other person in the office. And, you know, that's kind of soul destroying because it's, you know, what, but it's interesting as well. This client also said that, you know, expectations are going to have to change because that's an hour. It took me an hour and a half to get into the office. That's an hour and a half that I don't have to give you anymore. And I think that's interesting. Maybe a good segue because what that's telling me is, oh, there are some conversations (laughs) that have not, have not been had. They're missing. And, and I think, you know, that might be obvious what we mean by that. But uh, maybe, uh, Bridget, if, if you want to share a little bit more with our listeners, what is a missing conversation? Mm-hmm. What's the essential ingredients of a missing conversation? Yeah, so I have to give a shout out to one of my mentors, Bob Dunham, who is the founder of the Institute for Generative Leadership, because many years ago, 15 years ago, I went to a workshop that he was leading. He talked about something that he called at that time, the anatomy of action, and he said, all the actions and all the results that you get or don't get in any business or organization are a direct result of the conversations you're having or not having and the quality of commitments those conversations are producing or not producing. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, you know, the light bulb really went off in my head. And that discovery, that insight that he shared caused me to start bringing to my clients this simple question. When they were frustrated, I would say, okay, what do you think is the missing conversation? Mm-hmm. Is there one? Because think about it. Is there a conversation that if you could have it really, really well, on the other side of that would be a different result for you? Yeah, so invariably people would see them. So a missing conversation is any conversation you're, you're delaying having, or you're neglecting altogether because maybe the prospect of the conversation makes you uncomfortable. Maybe you actually don't know how to have it. Or in fact, you don't even realize it's missing. Mm. You know, until we ask the question, is there a missing conversation? Sometimes we're blind to it. But what I discovered is missing conversations are everywhere, Mm. right? Like it might be a missing conversation you're not having with an underperformer. Or what about that annoying peer of yours that is bringing down the mojo in the team meeting? Yeah. Or your boss who is micromanaging you? I mean, you know, there's just a million of them. So I don't know, Irvin, what about you? Like, we're going to obviously talk about the missing conversations of the new normal, but are there other kinds of missing conversations you've seen in your experience? Yeah, just another one. Another one that I've commonly seen just in the work situation is is, is leaders that are not you know, that are leading teams and some voices are being heard and others are not. Mm. And the leader just never has that conversation. Why are you not speaking up? What's behind that? And I think that's an interesting one. But then just look at our home, Bridget, like how many, we get into patterns of behavior with our loved ones and there's so many missing conversations there. (laughs) So So much resentment, I think, is built up because of a missing conversation. And that can be something like, Who's responsible for making dinner? Who's responsible for dropping the kids off at school? Yeah. These are, you know, there, there are habits that we get into 
and we never really have a conversation about it. And what you find is, and then it kind of comes, you know, well, you know, I don't want to upset someone. And then we build up this anxiety because we've got into a habit and like, well, you know, I'm not going to add to the anxiety. So I just won't have the conversation. Yeah. I love that you also bring it to the home front because, you know, what can happen uh, at work or at home is that change occurs and then roles shift. Yeah. But then we forget to revisit, right? our responsibilities and our agreements in the new world of these changed roles. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, they're everywhere. And you're right. There's a lot of anxiety in the mix, anxiety that causes us to not have them. And then anxiety when we enter into them, if we ever do get around to having them, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, so that's what missing conversations are and they're everywhere. Yep. And to our listeners, uh, you might be right now thinking, oh, yeah, there's a missing conversation I need to have with my boss or what have you. What we're going to do now is turn our attention to the new normal. We yep. are in this massive transition mm. into a different way of working post-pandemic. And Irvin, as you alluded to in the beginning, there's lots of missing conversations that is producing frustrations and dissatisfaction. So we're going to share with our listeners three of them. I bet there's more, but but Irvin, let's dig into that. And and what what would you say is one of these key missing conversations? Yeah, it's a great question. I think one of the conversations we'll maybe we'll title it "Defining the New Normal." You know, it's interesting in that gathering that I was in last night. We were kind of talking about what is your new work situation like, and every single person in the circle had said, well, it's a combination. I'm in work two days or three days and I'm at home two days and, and this, this hybrid. And then I asked, you know, well, um, how did that happen? And, and they kind of like, I'm not quite sure. It just was announced. <laughs> and so I, I think we are. I think most, if not all companies, are, are beginning to look at what does it look like to return to work? And I think for most, no, not all, but for most, it's some form of, of hybrid arrangement. However, mm-hmm. just in that conversation last night, it doesn't necessarily mean we've had this launch conversation or a conversation to get people on board and aligned because it's more than just saying, hey, you're go- from now on, you're working Tuesday and Thursday and you can be home the rest of the week. There- there's a dialogue that needs to happen. And, you know, and I think it's adding, I think there's an extra pressure for this, Bridget. I know if you think about this as well, because I think there was no real dialogue as well when COVID started happening. There yeah. was no real dialogue about what does work at home even mean? And people were in habits that really were not helpful. So now that we're, we're entering into a, another conversation that, that was never had as well. So, you know, and I think people need to know why, why are we choosing this path? Is this just, we just, did we pull two days at work out of the air um, <laughs> or three days out of the air? You know, because it sounded good, you know, and I think that people need to know, people need a little clarity, but they also need to dialogue about here's my experience thus far. And here, here's what I'm thinking would be important as we return to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the why behind it, I think, is crucial mm. uh, because you know we can get into assuming that people understand the why. We we talked about assumptions in a yeah, previous yeah. episode and how that can get us into trouble. But Irvin, I'd like to hear you say more about this dialogue, this conversation in terms of defining the new normal and. Why speaking to the reasons an organization or a company has chosen what they've chosen, 
right? Why, yeah. why that's key. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it is. I think we, 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 as we said last week, you know, we like to make meaning as human beings and we have to use some data as well. And so people want to understand where is this coming from? Uh, is this a cultural decision, you know, that would make it better for us to preserve our culture that we need to have people in the office? Because that's interesting. Or what data have they been using? To is this is there based on any data whatsoever? Or are we just kind of throwing things together? Mm. But I think what needs to happen is people need an explicit and engaging conversation. Mm-hmm. People need to feel, feel that they've been heard and people's experience. Because I, I, one assumption that I saw all over the place was that you could have two people who, on the face of it, had very similar circumstances, lived with say two kids in an apartment, but their experience was totally different. Mm-hmm. And so I think at times we, we have to be very generous in opening up conversations to include as many voices as possible yeah. and listening to as many voices as possible because our experience is so different. Yes. And, and I think stressing the fact that this define the new normal is a dialogue. It's a conversation. It's not a, you know, hey, this is what we're doing and why. But to your point, we're engaging people in that conversation and and acknowledging that no decision post covid is going to make everybody happy i Absolutely. mean we can't pop, i mean that can't be on leaders right yeah. uh, cuz some people aren't going to be happy there are people who just want to stay 100% virtual yes. and there are people who are so sick of that they can't yeah. stand it So we're not going to make everybody happy, but just even acknowledging that goes a long way, right? Absolutely. Yes. And and I think the other thing I would just say to that as well is that there is no, the the end point is also something to be defined. This is a strategy and a meaning that we are making as we continue. So in other words, we're in new territory here. So that's why dialogue is so important. It's not that we have a definitive end point, which is going to work because that's probably going to have to change as well. Exactly. There's going to, it's, it's almost like defining the new normal is here's what the new normal is right now, as yeah. best we can discern it, but yeah. we're going to continue to evaluate yeah. and to converse, you know, yeah. around it. So Irvin, you know, you mentioned this notion of, of data, like, is there data that companies are using, right? To choose what the new normal is. I'm curious if if there is some data out there that sheds some light on this. What do we know? Well, it's a really interesting question, you know, because I think we are beginning to see some results coming out of research that has been done on this essential question. And one that I came across was from a researcher at Stanford called Nick Bloom, who had done a really extensive research uh, in a multinational company. It involved 16 hundred people, people from different sectors within the organization. It was a randomized study between two groups. One group had five days in the office. The other group had the hybrid setup, which was a 3-2 model, three days in the office, two days at home. And it was fascinating because there was a clear distinction between two groups. What's interesting was that the, the real difference, that the core of the difference was employee satisfaction. So what we found is that the hybrid model clearly came out ahead when it came to ideas such as employee productivity, the retention, employee absences, and health and well-being. And so therefore, this, this the beginnings of the data that's coming out 
is indicating that people have strong preferences for hybrid. And not only that, but the impact of hybrid as well is good for the organization and is also as good for the employee. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And as I recall, that company, based on that study, decided to roll out the hybrid uh, model yes. to the whole company, right? Yeah. And yeah. so you could imagine that their conversation around defining the new normal felt pretty grounded (laughs) because they collected data from their own employees and they tracked it over time. So that's really interesting. And, and I think that, you know, for our listeners, if you, if you are in these conversations in your organization about what the new normal is or should be, that drawing upon data is key. See what you can find that's out there. But then also, what about getting data from your own employees? Mm. Have you, you know, have you surveyed them? Have you done maybe some focus groups mm-hmm. to, to find out not just their preferences, mm. but also the lessons learned during the pandemic? Like what, what have we learned that works? What have we learned that doesn't work? And then how can that information really inform not only what the new normal is going to be, right, but the the detailed granular kind of things, right? And I think that brings us into the second missing conversation. This, So, Irvin, you just talked about like high level, right? What is this new normal? Why are we doing it? What is it based on? Are there values that we're trying to reinforce and so forth? Okay, then we get down to the brass tacks. And by that, we mean what are the rules of engagement going to be? Because that's where the rubber meets the road, right? So we Mm -hmm. can kind of know what this path is, but then there's all these other details to figure out. I want to share it in the form of this. Think about the following four things. What are going to be the norms? Do they need to change? Do they need to shift? What about systems and processes? Did they change during COVID? Do we have to change them again? What about boundaries, right? Mm. We talked about boundaries in a previous episode. What about expectations? So let's talk about those, Irvin, you know, kind of one at mm. a time. And let, let's go back to norms. Yep. I mean, undoubtedly, as you and I both know, norms happen both explicitly and then they just sort of happen organically. Yeah. So when I think about the pandemic, some norms that might have happened organically might have been around like all these Zoom calls do we have our cameras on or off? What's okay? What's not okay around that? We develop norms, right? Yep. And the question then becomes going forward in our new normal, is that going to stay the same? Yep. Is that going to change? Yep. What, what do you think of when it comes to norms that might have developed during the, the pandemic that may or may not stay the same in a new normal? I think come to mind for you. You know, one that's going to be interesting, I think we're going to have to tackle about is the type of meeting that we want to have virtually or in person or in hybrid. We were a virtual, we were, we work virtually every conversation, but that doesn't mean that every conversation or every type of meeting works virtually. And now that we have choices, are we going to create new norms? So say, for example, are performance meetings going to be always virtual or is it better to have those in person? Mm-hmm. I was just talking to a person who had uh, was, was speaking with their mentor and they had a lunch together and they said, oh, it was such a powerful meeting because it was in person. 
So I think, you know, we're going to have to think a little bit about which meetings make the best sense to be virtual and which ones really are, we're going to improve the quality of those meetings by having them in person. And then we're going to have to create norms around that. Yeah. And again, the data might help there because apparently onboarding conversations, Mm -hmm. there's some data to suggest that when that's done in person, those employees end up collaborating more even a year later than compared to their peers. There's some interesting data around meetings that are more complex, complex decision-making meetings. And one would think, oh, we need to have those in person. But in point of fact, some of the research suggests that's better virtually because of the asynchronous uh, collaboration that can happen and the time for reflection and digestion Mm -hmm. of the complex issues that go into. So I think that's a great example. Yeah. So again, we head into this new normal. And if we aren't talking about what the norms are going to be, we're going to get frustration. Then then what about systems and processes too? One of the things that really struck me in the pandemic was it became a catalyst for a lot of companies to reinvent themselves Mm -hmm. and to reinvent some of their systems and processes Mm -hmm. because they had to, because survival was at stake. So, So some of these systems and processes radically changed or just became a lot more efficient. And that might be part of the new normal, which is to say, we're not going back. I'm not Mm -hmm. going back to cumbersome processes that are outdated, that require 20 people to sign off, you know, all this. Our new normal is going to build on the improvements we made in our systems and processes during the pandemic, right? Yeah. You know, this interesting with that as well, I, I would say there's one other thing that I'm seeing in some conversations with processes and systems in that sometimes I think there's an advantage in that, just what you mentioned. We mentioned that we don't have to be as cumbersome in some of those systems. But then, you know, with, with the great resignation and with hiring, sometimes organizations really went to the bare bones with some systems. Yes. And I think what we're beginning, what I'm hearing, I'm sure you are as well, if employees, we're getting a little burnt out. We need help. And so I think there has to be some conversations about, you know what, we were operating on bare bones or in systems, and we now need to maybe rethink how we do this and maybe augment staffing, et cetera, so mm-hmm. we can give people you know, some help that they desperately need. Yes, for sure. So gosh, think about this. I mean, we're just talking so far about norms and systems and processes, and already there's a lot there to yeah. be discussed, Right. And then what about expectations? That's another part of the rules mm-hmm. of engagement. Yeah. Like what expectations need to be revisited or articulated? For example, my daughter was telling me that in her company, they've said so far, we want you back in the office at least two days a week starting now. But in the fall, we may go to three days a week. And so people are starting to make their way back into the office. But she said, you know what I don't, I'm not clear about is like, if you don't show up those two days, does anybody call you on it? Like, how hard are we about those two days in the office? Because she's noticing that some people aren't coming in both days. Yeah. And they're not being held accountable for that. So what's the expectation there? Yeah. And and clearly it wasn't articulated, right? In this. So So I think that's key. And then boundaries. We did a whole episode Mm -hmm. on healthy boundaries. We may need to revisit boundaries Mm -hmm. in the new normal, you know? 
Absolutely. thinking about a boundary around how much and how often people reach out to us and our accessibility and responsiveness. Is that going to be different than it was when we were all virtual or, you know, what have you? Yeah. There are lots of things to figure out in terms of the rules of engagement. And to your point earlier, Irvin, we don't have this all figured out. This is going to evolve and we can still speak to the rules of engagement and we can base it on the lessons we've learned so far. All right. So there's still another really important missing conversation. And it's about leadership. Mm. It's about like, okay, whatever you are defining as new normal is yep. to say, what does effective leadership look like in this new normal? And think, you know, if it's a hybrid situation, Irvin, what what are your thoughts around what it what effective leadership looks like in that new normal? Yeah. First of all, I think it's important for us to kind of revisit our three resilient leader ingredients that we've mentioned, you know, in previous episodes, because I think, you know, let, let's just understand, you know, as human beings, we like a little bit of certainty and we resist constant change. And we're talking here about a situation which is not certain, is evolving and is changing. So just as a human being, that is a difficult thing to manage. And as a leader, it's even more. And so therefore, those three ingredients are so key in being an effective leader. One, you remember, well, I'll go over the three. The one is staying calm. That is being this, the idea of a less anxious presence. So people are full of, we mentioned this, people are full of anxiety as they return to work. What is this? What, what's going to happen? How's this going to work out? So as a leader, can I remain calm? In the midst of this, the second then is staying connected. This idea of we want to feel people, we want people to feel our presence without us becoming enmeshed in the anxiety. And then the other thing is sometimes, uh, when we mentioned this, sometimes we have to make decisions that are unpopular, and that is stay the course and lead with conviction. So staying connected, staying calm, stay the course. And I think it is, I think we really have to appreciate that. That leadership in a hybrid world is a difficult beast. It is something that is new. It is something we're tackling. We've never really had to do this before. You know, I, I can just give like one little example where I fail. And that is I was actually facilitating a meeting actually around some of these topics. And there was one person who was on the phone. And I went into a breakout exercise. And I had all the breakout groups done in the room. And I totally forgot that there was one person on the phone and they were excluded. And I felt so bad. But these are the things we have to think about. It's not just thinking about the people that are visible to us. Now we have to constantly think about the people who are not visible to us in the office yeah. that day, but are working from home. So like some things that have to be considered is, you know, how do I ensure that it, my team fills my physical presence, but also my digital presence? And, you know, how can I ensure that I'm adequately connected to each person in my team, mm -hmm. be that person virtual today or in person? And then to think about, you know, as I begin now to schedule one-on-one -on -one meetings, is that going to be on virtual days or is it going to be in-person days? How am I going to use this calendar to really emphasize and ensure that I'm having some connection with people? And then how do I ensure that I have enough time? managing this for reflection, planning, and strategizing. Because I think we mentioned this, this is a changing target. 
And more than ever, I think leaders need touch points to like, how is this working? Is there anything that, that needs to change? How am I strategizing this and getting uh, an openness to it, to a greater dialogue? And I think that's, that's really, really important. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think they're, they're shifting things here. And I think, you know, and how we go about leadership. So there is no one leadership here. There are many ways of leading. This is the other thing that adds to the complexity. And I think it's important that leaders find what's right for them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting, Irvin, to think that, to your point, it's complex to lead in a hybrid world. And mm -hmm. I think we're assuming, I think all of us are making assumptions that, well, look, we led in a virtual world. And before that, we led in a physical at the office world. So we know how to do hybrid because it's just a combination, you know, two plus two equals four. Uh-uh, it's no. not. Yeah. And even if your new normal in your organization is that you all worked virtual during the pandemic and you're going to keep working virtually, there's still a conversation, a series of conversations to be had about that. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. I think that's the other assumption. Well, we're just staying the same. So we don't, it's no big deal. We don't really need to have a conversation. Yeah. And I think hopefully we've made a, a good case that that is not true. Yeah. Right. So Bridget, we always try and come up with a practice to leave our listeners with something to chew on and to put into action. So what practice would you suggest today in this episode of Missing Conversations? So I'm going to offer to our listeners two, and one is sort of a general practice based on our topic, and then one's a little bit more specific. And so the first practice is um, whenever you find yourself being frustrated by a lack of results, by a lack of action, to step back, take a moment, take a breath, and ask that critical question, what's the missing conversation? Mm -hmm. Undoubtedly, there is one. And see it, identify it, and then begin to think about how might I engage in that conversation in a productive way, right? Second practice and this is a little bit more nitty gritty, think about the rules of engagement conversation, right? That we just discussed and pick one of the four areas that we mentioned to hone in on and ask yourself the question, how can I be clearer about this rule of engagement? So it could either be around norms, it could be around systems or processes, it could be around expectations for the new normal, or boundaries. Mm -hmm. And to give some thought to that and then in, in, in articulate what the rule of engagement is or talk with your peers and other people to say, hey, this rule of engagement isn't clear. Yeah. Let's get clear together. Mm. Right? Yeah. Love that. And I think, you know, Irvin, I just got, had this thought pop into my head, just listening to you. And that is, this is complex territory. And so we need to be compassionate with yeah. one another and patient with one another because this is this is not easy and this is a big transition yet again yeah absolutely and at the core of that is some trust that we're all looking for the best solution to this uh, yes. and i think that's essential yeah mm -hmm. well bridget thank you um this has been such an amazingly interesting conversation and i think very apropos and conversation, this is a conversation people desperately want to have. So today we've talked about three potential missing conversations. The one is defining 
the new normal. The second is looking at the the norms and the processes and the systems in place, which have to be renegotiated. And the third then is leadership. You know, what's leadership going to look like? Because it is different. Leading in a hybrid world is very different. So thank you. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening today. Remember to subscribe. Spread the word, please. I'm sure there are many people in your circle that perhaps could benefit from one of our episodes. So please feel free to share uh, with them this podcast. Also, at the beginning, I mentioned a email. If you have any suggestions, questions, comments, love to hear them. And that is resilientleadershippodcast at gmail.com. And our next episode is going to be called The Gift of Anger. So Bridget, thank you so much. I loved our conversation today. Uh, wishing you well. Thank you, Irvin. So looking forward to the next conversation too. That is a topic near and dear to my heart. Take care, everybody. Okay. Take care, everyone. Take care, everyone.